Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The waiting is over. It's finally happened. After a very, very long wait, history was made, and we're back with a new episode of Biscuits, a hockey podcast with a colon right there in the middle. I'm Dave Lozo. I'm mostly vice sports, but I'm technically freelance, so I should probably say that off the top. And my partner, you know him, and this is the part of the show that I really do enjoy because I did this on the other podcast, um, Puck Soup, after two rounds. I took a victory lap as the only person, mostly, who thought the Capitals were going to beat the Penguins and get to the conference finals, and then I may have stepped off the bandwagon and tried to get back on in the final. But that's neither here nor there, because Sean, down 2-0 in the first round, down 2-0 in Game 3, down goes Brown, the man you know and love, called it. He called the Cap Stanley Cup. So, Sean, say hi, and, and please, take his take the floor for as long as you want, because you've earned this victory lap. Go, go for it. Hi, everybody. Coming to you live from the Capitals bandwagon, which is now upside down and on fire. <laughs> Nobody cares. Is anyone wearing a shirt? Nobody. People have traded shirts. They're doing keg stands. They are diving into fountains. There may even have been one or two alcoholic beverages consumed. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, we're here. This is, we're in a world where the Washington Capitals are Stanley Cup champions. It's weird. That's, it feels weird. It, it is weird. Like, I've typed it a few times, and it's still, like, it doesn't... Like, I keep, like, the little paperclip pops up. Like, did you mean... <laughs> soul-crushing second-round exit? And it's like, no. No, I didn't. It's... Little, little like, green squiggly lines under every time you write yeah. it. It's just like... What, what? This seems grammatically correct, and you highlight it, and it's just... I don't think this is possible. Change to... Exactly, oh, man. Exactly, and we're here. And yeah, you you had your victory lap, which somehow went off court. Like a lap is supposed to be where you go around and come back to where you started, but yeah. you like took a wrong turn somewhere. And yeah, I took a lap. The- I, I took a lap, and the kind of I was about to get back to the start line, and then I just veered off the track and like went to like a different car, a different bandwagon, and got in that yeah. bandwagon, and it it rolled like fifty feet, and then it stopped moving. And then I was like, right. maybe I should run back to the track and go back to that. Bandwagon. We were gone. It was pulled out already, man. I was like, wait. We were gone. Tires squealing, yeah. dust kicking up. We were out of there. Yeah, that was stupid. I, was I off, well, I offered you, I offered to slow down and let you back on, I think, at some point in the yeah, third round, but you were, you did. Was, you was, were not interested. I was confident in my new bandwagon. I was stupid. Well, here's we're the, here. here's the thing though. I, I got to tell you, um, you know, I've, I've been holding this in. I didn't want to say anything, but, um, I am really, really offended by what Alex Ovechkin has been doing with the cup, the, the drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the celebrating, the happiness, the push-ups, the swimming. I, I believe that the Stanley Cup is to be cherished and to be treated um, like like the like the beautiful inanimate object that it is. It should be respected. Um, you should walk around with what I like to call dignity, and you know maybe 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 just be a little bit um, more reserved with your extreme joy of achieving a dream you've had since you were five years old. I, I, I don't want to see too much happiness in what I, what you call a celebration, quote unquote, you know, just maybe just a, a cigar, uh, maybe like a knowing nod to your teammates. Right. I, I just, I just, High five. Know, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little offended by what Alex Ovechkin has done to sully the beautiful 
and ch- time-honored tradition of of celebrating with the cup. And I just need I, I just need to say that. I do love that this take is is floating around out there because for the last 14 years we've heard about how Alexander Ovechkin didn't want it enough. I know, right? Didn't want the cup. <laughs> Go back to the KHL. Go back to the Olympics. That's what you care about. That's the problem with these Russians, you know. We've we've known that for decades. They don't care about the cup. They don't grow up wanting it like nope. good Canadian boys do. And then here's, you know, the quite possibly the greatest Russian player ever wins the cup for the first time and is happy about it. And people are like, oh, dude, don't do that. Don't be all happy. Calm down. Calm down. How about, how about letting someone else take a, take a drink from the cup, huh? How about that? <laughs> well, there is that. Like, I mean, there's got to be some players in the Capitals who are like, do I, do I get to touch the cup again? Like, do I? No, no. way. I'm, I like the on. idea that, I like the idea that uh, everybody's day with the Stanley Cup is just going to be their day with Alexander Ovechkin and the Stanley <laughs> Cup. Like, he just, like, that's it. Like, he replaces Phil Pritchard now. Alexander Ovechkin is the keeper of the cup. Get him some white gloves. He's, he's going to have the Prince Valiant haircut by, like, the middle of August. He's just going to be walking around with his hair flopping around, just white gloves on. Yeah. He, he's going to change. He's going to be like, whoa, 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 you sure you want to drink out of that? I mean, I did that earlier. I just, I don't know. Hold on. Let me just spray it with some disinfectant first and wipe it down, and then maybe oh. then you can touch it. How about that? I'm sorry. Did you just make fun of Phil Pritchard's haircut on I didn't, podcast? I didn't make Well, technically I did, but someone else put that did. phrase in my head. But he does kind of have right. a Prince Valiant, a Prince Valiant haircut. I mean, he does. I think, like, next year's... Stanley Cup final is just going to be like, you know, game seven, overtime, winning goal goes in, Gary Bettman comes out, and then everyone's just looking around. Like, where's the cup? And then you just like smash cut to like Alexander Ovechkin in a nightclub somewhere, just like grinding on the Stanley Cup. And you're like, oh, right, we never got it back from him. I think the, ca- just... the Caps are going to have the first literal Stanley Cup hangover when the opening night starts. It's going to be yeah. like 20 guys on the ice just, <laughs> just like throwing up. Like, oh, just leaning over the bench like, oh, man. It's and so, you know what? So good, good for them, except I got to say, like, there is, you know, it's, it's like your mom and dad would always tell you, have your fun, but there is a line and there is a point where it goes too far. And I think that them, them all being drunk for 48 hours was, was fine. Swimming in the fountain was fine. Taking pictures of the Stanley Cup in bed was fine. But last night, mm-hmm, I think I they agree. really did sell yeah. it. I agree. By I, taking it on Jimmy Fallon's show and letting Jimmy Fallon do a, one of his lame celebrity comedy bits. You're right. It went, it went too far. Cup. I feel like we, we can rescind the victory based on that, right? You know, I actually looked into that. I actually read through the NHL rulebook. There was like a Jimmy Fallon clause. Mm-hmm. But you know what, though? I think that... Based on the rule, Jimmy Fallon has to make the Stanley Cup lip sync a song from the eighties. Oh, while, that would be hilarious! While people play a kazoo, oh, so relatable. Yeah, that's that's because like just drinking out of it isn't enough. Like that's a misdemeanor. I think if that happens again, we can take the cup away. Like if Jimmy Fallon's at the parade for some reason, you know, doing some thing where like he's doing okay. a bit and he laughs in the middle of the bit All because right. he breaks character. Then we can take it away, but. You're right, though. That that and really if he, hurt. If he tries to ruffle its hair, that's definitely or Phil Pritchard's hair. Then, <laughs> so sit tight, Vegas fans. I know you're devastated right now, but yeah, you, you, we are still. You still have a shot at this thing because yeah, if if it if it if it ends up doing carpool karaoke, that's it. You're out, Washington. <laughs> Sorry, I know you waited 44 years, but you've blown it. That's going to be a thing. Uh, it's going to be Ovechkin, Jim, yeah. James Corden, and the Cup. We are the champions. We are the champions. That's what it's going to be. Oh, I paid my dues. Come on, Stanley Cup, sing. Ha, ha, ha. This is so hilarious. We're, we're nice. singing in the car. <laughs> that's, my, that's my British accent. I saw, you know what? Yeah. It's a good bit. Yeah, we should take that. It is a good bit. Carpool karaoke. Hate, you know what? It just, it, it's annoying when it's like the bit was funny the first time, but you don't need to beat it into the ground so much that it's not funny anymore. No. Uh, unrelated, remind me, we got to do the Sedin's interview at the end of this. Uh, yeah. At the end of the show. Second, ha- second half of the show. For some reason do... that popped into my head, but uh, yeah. sorry. Uh, second but, half yeah. will be all off season stuff, you know, signings, trades, the Sedin's, because now we finally have time to do it with the season over. And we're, right. we're just going to focus on the glory of the Caps here, because we haven't done a podcast since, what, game two. So we, exactly. we basically missed all of the, all of the great. Is the that greatness. where we were? I was trying to remember that. Like last. I think last so. Last week. How far? I, weren't they. Because it went was... it went Monday Wednesday and we I think we did our podcast Thursday because they won the cup on no that's not right Wednesday or Thursday yeah no I think it was three one when we did the last show was but it? it wasn't 
Maybe. wasn't over yet. I don't so. know. I've I've been I've been in a so Ovechkin Ovechkin got drunk for three straight days. Like I I went to the Belmont and went to the Mets Yankees game over the weekend and kind of had like maybe a total of like eleven beers over two days. So I know exactly what Alex Ovechkin was feeling. There you go. Yeah, completely comparable. Absolutely the same thing. Um, Vegas. What were, what were your thoughts on the last game? Just since we didn't, um, I know it was years ago. As it feels like, but it was. I mean, another good game after like I like the two Washington games were kind of iffy, but the uh, that that was with the, with the comeback and yeah, three and four were kind of rough games. One and five were great, but yeah, it was just it was. I don't know. Like I I wanted to see. I wanted to see it go seven because I I think overall the playoffs were kind of disappointing just in terms of like how many blowouts there were and how few game sevens there were. I just wanted the, at least not the game many game six. sevens and not many overtimes. Yeah, I, I mean I, I felt like this like, has to be the lowest overtime total in a long time for a postseason. But I, I felt like watching the games, like the action was good, but there wasn't enough of it, both in terms of the games and, and yeah. the overtime. Like it's it's kind of like. You know, part of me would rather see a five-game series where three or four of the games are really good versus, like, seven games of 2-1 boring, you know, defensive action where you're like, all right, let's let's get it over with. But, yeah, it would have been nice to get, get some... Because, I mean, did we... Am I right? Like, we went from the second round on. Did we get any overtime in the conference final or... Well, yeah, there was that one Vegas, or not Vegas, there was that one Preds-Jets game that went double OT, that was pretty great. Yeah, but that was that was round two. Oh, right, that was, in my brain, that's a conference final, so I thought that was a conference final, I was like, <laughs> your, there should be a Your brain final. has retconned the uh, playoff <laughs> format to the desired. Yeah, no caps, yeah, you're right, no caps Tampa game went to overtime, right, in the five-gamer yeah. in Winnipeg, and that didn't, yeah, Jesus. So. You know what? I think technically this means the Caps Cup doesn't count, and so the drought continues because it really wasn't a fun yeah. playoff. So I'm not going to count true. it. Sorry. And and uh, you know they only, as as somebody said, they only beat an expansion team. I mean that's I, come I, on. I, I did see that. Like everybody beats expansion teams. That's like, that's not so. Hard. Yeah, like I, I'm not going to get into all the bad takes because there was only two of them, and I feel like those kind of monopolize everyone's yeah. thoughts. But like the idea that Alex Ovechkin is not doing the cup justice with what he's doing with it first of all it's awesome because like as someone who has like i've done um like i've covered cup finals and i've covered like days with the cup and and usually like you know people who win the cup will bring it out to the people like um i remember i remember i was i was there for um jeff carter and drew dowdy's days because they were both in the same place in ontario i forget which town it was but like they kind of did like a joint thing and they brought it out for some people and like all these different events and it was cool but like usually like in the aftermath of the cup like the cup kind of goes into hiding until the parade like the fact that they're bringing it around like all over dc like the, bring yeah, it to the nationals just randomly game is like showing up thing, and... but like you know just like letting people drink out of it and touch it like just walking it around town as opposed to like like hiding out in a club or something is really cool it's super cool i don't know how you can see it any other way yeah it, well i mean and especially because i mean you have to be it, willfully ignorant of the history of the Stanley Cup. I know. This is, I mean, this, this thing has been kicked into rivers. It has been, <laughs> it has been lost. It has been like left behind. People have gone, oh, let's go out drinking. And then I thought you had the cup. I don't have it. And it's sitting, you know, in some bar. It's been stolen. Like people have grabbed it and taken off with it in their trunk. Babies have pooped in it. Like, I mean, this is, that, that's, and that's part of the appeal of it. It's not like some, it's not like the, the, you know, I hate to, this guy but it's not like you know the other sports where they break the trophy out just for the presentation and then it like goes back under wraps and you know you never see it again this is this is part of what makes the cup cool so yeah i mean have have your fun there's and and you're right like there have been like two or three of those takes and it's like everybody was like i, I feel like everyone was just waiting for that to to come in so they they kind of jumped on those two or three when in fact I don't think that was really representative of what most people were saying, but yeah, bad, bad take. Let let them have fun. Let them do their thing. Like I'm, I'm less surprised by the oh wow, be more, be more, um, you know, respectful and dignified thing. I'm kind of not surprised about that because I can see how, like, let's say you're a Canadian and you're a hockey writer and you haven't had the cup in your country for 25 years, and then you see a team from Vegas and then Ovechkin of all people battle for the cup and then Ovechkin wins it I can see how that can bother you but the one that drove me nuts was the Larry Brooks New York Post thing about how <laughs> this is the most insane column I've ever read how Ovechkin winning the cup this year 
having the season he had in the regular season, winning the cup, being the Conn Smythe winner. Like, he wasn't a passenger. Like, maybe you want to give it to Kuznetsov, that's fine, but, I mean, he was 1A or, or 1 in, in terms of the value to the Caps winning the cup. And this idea that just because he won one cup doesn't mean he's not a loser anymore. Like, holy cow, man. Like, I, I understand that sometimes you want to keep a narrative going for, like, the clicks or the jokes or just be just to be funny, but to still be seriously dug in on the idea that Alex Ovechkin's not a winner and to compare him to Alex Rodriguez. If you're not a baseball person, you know, I mean, everyone knows A-Rod, but he was, you know, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He almost had 700 home runs, but he was always bad in the postseason. Like, he wasn't, like, really good in the postseason and his teams weren't winning. He was he was dreadful. Like, he found ways to hit into double plays with nobody on base. Like, he was that bad. Alex Ovechkin wasn't that guy in the postseason. Like, he was, before this postseason, he was still averaging about a half a goal per game, which was, we've talked about this a million times, but his numbers in the postseason like, yeah, he wasn't 1.04 points per game or whatever he is in the regular season, but he was still almost a point-per-game guy in the playoffs. He he wasn't he didn't disappear. He scored big goals in Game 7s where the Caps lost. That wasn't his fault. This idea that him winning still doesn't matter because he hasn't won enough or he should have won more. I mean, I get it, man. Like, you know, you need to keep the you need to keep the clicks coming or whatever, but good lord, man. Like, get a get a better angle. Like, like at least, like, the disrespecting of the cup thing has like is, like, new. That's, like, at least a fresh angle. Like, the idea that Ovechkin's not a winner, quote-unquote, still, like, that's still a thing, man, and it's just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, Sean. That's it. He buried it. He did, uh, it's done. He doesn't, I mean, I'm not gonna say he never has to hear it again, because... Apparently he does. He does, but, uh... <laughs> Nobody, he doesn't have, he might have to hear it, but nobody has to listen to it. Yeah, that's Let's put true. it that way. And if you're a Caps fan, like, you don't, you don't have to, and, and here's the other thing, you're a Caps fan now, you don't have to get mad about this stuff. Don't take the bait. Yeah. Just lie, you're, you're champs now. Laugh. Have, you know, go back to watching Instagram stories of dudes getting tattooed. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, dude, don't, dude, let it go. It's, uh, uh, you know, 44 years of misery, it's gone now. You know, it's, it's, go, go find your new life. The Verona tattoo photo is great. That Dmitry Filipovic put, pointed out that, like, he has the tattoo on his forearm and yet he's rolling up his t shirt sleeve to, so everyone can see it. Like, <laughs> like his, his bicep is not part of the tattoo at all. Like, Did you see the one where he was, uh, I guess, the, somebody there told him, like, he, he, he didn't know if it was going to hurt. <laughs> and they said it would, it would hurt, but less than getting hit with a puck. And then you cut to this video of him, and he's like, somebody hit me with an effing puck right now, because this is the most painful thing. <laughs> he's just in agony. Which, again, you know, normally, yeah, people being in agony isn't funny, but when they've just won a Stanley Cup, and I'm pretty sure he was pretty well uh, medicated at that point. So Yeah, the fact that he was super drunk and it still hurt that bad. Yeah, that, that's it might have been bad that, tattooing. I don't like that's the other thing too is like like I'm I'm 40 and I can tell you right now like I think the moment I turned 30 my ability to avoid hangovers disappeared like I could have three three beers in like three hours and I wake up the next morning and feel like I, I got hit by a truck. Ovi, don't get me wrong, he's in completely great physical shape and I feel like that probably helps you not get hungover. But the the thing that I'm going to remember forever from this that's going to stick in my brain is after I believe he was at least 48 hours deep into his bender. And then um, somebody posted a photo. I think it was of like I think it was like a, a girl posted a photo of like her parents who happened to bump into Obi somewhere, and yeah. it was at a sushi place. Yeah. Oh my god, man! Like I, I if when, when I when I've been drinking, like if I'm not hungover, I want pizza. If I'm hungover, I want pizza. Like I need bread, cheese, and sauce. I, I can't imagine. Like, I love sushi, but I can't imagine drunk or hungover being like you know what I need. I need, I need, I need, I need a, I need a salmon roll. I can't imagine that. Like he, he, he must, he must not be human, man. Yeah. He's the Russian machine. Oh, but like, oh my goodness. Just the, the idea of putting raw fish in my body. Like sometimes like just eggs in the morning is kind of gross to me when I'm hungover. Like I can't do that. Like this. Yeah. You know what? Just uh, chop up some of that uh, tuna and just, yeah, let's just get that in my body. What do you say? Yeah. No. But isn't that the thing with him? Like, doesn't, doesn't he eat like a garbage compactor even like during the season? Well, yeah, I, I guess he's one of those guys where he just, yeah, he, he's just, he's not human. He's just wired. Now different. he's, now he's not a human <sighs> he's with more, a Stanley cup. Yep. That he's, that he's completely sullied and destroyed. <sighs> yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Poor guy. What did you think of the con smite voting? I, I just saw it this morning like you did. And yeah, I was actually, I, I didn't know they were releasing that, which yeah, after is, I know, I know they're releasing all the other awards, but I, I didn't think they were going to do that. So that, that was, first of all, 
good for them because it, you know the the consmith is one of those awards where i think a lot of fans don't even know who votes on it so to, to actually see all the names yeah. uh shout out to uh, frank saravelli of tsm because he he basically went to the wall first last year and kind of collected all the votes on his own and then he kind of caught grief for it and then it turned out like hey maybe that's what we should do every year officially and so now they're doing it officially so frank yeah. good job buddy thank you good job frank and uh yeah i mean the voting itself i don't know big surprise it was what was it 18 votes ovechkin was first on 13 because nets first on the other five the other guy the the second place vote every guy got the second place vote that the other guy got first and then third place there were two mark andre Fleury's and the rest brain holby yeah i was surprised that Fleury didn't get a little bit more because I mean, like, I understand the Stanley Cup final should be weighted more than the other rounds, but I'm not saying he should have come in second or third, but I thought he would get more than two votes. Like, the only two votes he got were from Kevin Allen of USA Today and uh, not that Jonathan Bernier, different Jonathan Bernier of Journal du Montreal. I, I probably didn't say journal the right way. Um, but, like, there were two Las Vegas beat writers, uh, Steve Karp and Dave Schoen. That's supposed to be Schoenfeld. Or maybe it's just Sean. Dave Schoen, neither of those guys put Holby on the ballot. It was all, basically, like Braden Holby got every third place vote except for two. But the first three rounds, I mean, good Lord, man. It's, it it's was. The, it's and the, it is, you know, so that we're clear, the the award is for the whole deal. most valuable player of the playoffs, not the final. It's not like other leagues where I think the, it's the MVP just to the final. It's the whole playoffs. So you could make the case. I think, like we said, I think if the series had gone seven, Flurry would have got a lot of consideration, but yeah, he wasn't good. But he wasn't. I didn't think he was really bad. I mean, he let up like I, like I know he let up so many goals, and his save percentage is probably something like well, eight sixty or some terrible number. But like I can't really think of too many goals where he was like doing the two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve flurry where he just couldn't stop simple shots like the game winning goal. Maybe he wants to not let that trickle through his legs, but man, Lucas Biza really hung him out to dry on that play twice by turning the puck over and then not taking the guy behind him when he went to the front of the net. But I mean, it's just a little thing. Like, I mean, if he got a few more third place votes, I would have been fine with that. But yeah, Kuznetsov, yeah. Kuznetsov got one, two, three, four, five from Dave Schoen from the Vegas Review Journal. Chris Johnston. Chris Johnson, smart guy, gave it to Kuznetsov. I would have given it to Kuznetsov too, I think, but like I'm not. This isn't like years past where I was very upset that Phil Kessel got yeah. screwed. This is just, it's fine. I completely can see the argument. And I, I don't know why. And, and tell me, I mean, maybe this this might just be a stupid take, and you can just tell me if it is. But for some reason, like it it bugs me when season long awards seem to have like a lifetime achievement award component yeah, to it. Right. And yet the cons might like you know when Dowdy got the Norris, you know I. If, if you thought he was best defenseman, fine. But if you just felt like he was due, that 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 kind of bugged me. And yet, when it's Conn Smythe, I, I kind of don't mind having somebody like Ovechkin, who's been around forever and you know has kind of earned it over a lifetime. Getting you know it, when it was a close vote, and it was. I mean, this was. I think you you could have you're almost kind of flipping a coin between these two guys. So I didn't mind that it seemed like the the kind of the narrative pushed him over the finish line there. It just seems like I remember learning a card trick when I was in college, and it was the dumbest. It was the dumbest card trick. Like you show someone a card, and you say, "Remember the card," and you take the cards and you put them in like six different piles of like five or something. I forget exactly how it worked, and then you would know where the card is in the pile, right? And then you would say, "Okay, point at a pile," and then you would take up, you would take that pile away, and then you would keep doing that. But the trick was, if they pointed at the pile where the card was, you would take away other piles. Like it was a stupid trick. And that's mm-hmm. how I feel about the con Smythe is whatever thing you want to make up so you can get the guy you want to win the cup seems like it happens, you know, like Crosby's yeah. due. Okay, fine. Oh, well, Crosby, yeah, his numbers weren't as good as, you know, X and Y, but he plays against tougher competition. It's like, okay. But then the year um, Justin Williams won the con Smythe, he wasn't playing the tough competition. He was kind of like the Phil Kessel of that Kings team where he was on the third line just dominating and scoring goals. While like Kopitar was dragging around, you know the toughest matchups all the time. But somehow that that time when the Canadian was on the third line and the Slovenian guy was on the first line, that guy didn't get the consmite. So I just hate the way it seems like they kind of play a shell game with who yeah. deserves it. But I mean, this year Here, Ovechkin here's my it is solution. Fine. Here, here's what we do. I think the problem is the consmite is voted on too early. They they do the votes about halfway through the third period 
of the clinching game. And then if that game turns out not to be the clinching game, they scrap that and they do the votes again. So they do it about with about 10 minutes left. I think they need to do it about five to 10 days after the Stanley Cup. Hmm. Interesting. We just wait. We watch, you know, watch the final, watch, see who puts up the numbers, but then let's watch the presentation. Let's watch the cup handoff. And then let's watch the celebration. Because if that, if we'd done it that way, if like the consummate is being voted on today, Alexander Ovechkin, hands down. Nobody has any, any problem with that. So I feel like we need to go not just face off to face off to buzzer. We need to go hmm. beyond that and yeah. capture the whole experience. And then maybe like, or maybe like, don't even wait five days. Maybe like, do the voting five days later, and then give it out at the NHL awards. Be like, hey, tune into the NHL awards and see who exactly. wins the playoff MVP. You, maybe that's is Ovechkin going to be done. sober by the NHL awards? Like that's like, it's like next week. I don't know. Is it next week? I I was trying to host it. Like once the off season hits, man, like my brain turns yeah. off for a couple of days. It's fantastic, and then like I come back and I can't remember like if the draft is before the awards. I forget where everything is. Like where is the draft this year? Dallas. Oh, right, yeah. it's in Dallas. Like oh, oh, who is the, the first pick again? The, oh yeah, uh, Buffalo. We got the awards first. I say Ovechkin hosts it. He should definitely be the musical act. Yeah, you know what? That's not, not the worst anything. idea. Like, why get like some like C level celebrity that you got to pay too much money to? Speaking of C level celebrities, like I'm not saying Panic at the Disco is that. Like, I feel like they're a more they're they're a better band than say Imagine Dragons, who played on the ice before Game Two, and then Vegas lost four straight games for the first time in franchise history. I'm not saying that's a curse, but it is a curse. It's absolutely a curse because now they're going to go three months without winning a game. So that to me is a curse, even though there's no games being played. But what do you think it costs? Like, I always think of this as an NHL employee who had part of his salary taken taken away during the lockout and and cuz they had to save money. What do you think they had to pay to get Panic at the Disco out into the fountains at the Bellagio because they probably had to pay the band. They for sure had to pay the band. They probably had to pay all these different people to, you know, boat them out to the stage in the water. They probably had to rent the uh the the, the Bellagio fountain time cuz like imagine like you're in you're in Vegas and you've heard about the Bellagio fountains forever and you're like hey honey we should go see the Bellagio it's going to be all oh, the fountains are great hey, let's go out there and you get out there and it's just like some band that you don't know because you're just like wait what what I, there's a band that lives out there do how do they eat do they do they just like what do you think that set the NHL back in terms of cuz like, much like right like i just too much and like the next lockout's going to come and they're going to have to lay people off and i'm going to like count up the salaries that they're going to let go because they didn't have the money left over from like the Kid Rock, Panic at the Disco, Imagine Dragons fees. Yep. <sighs> but, but, and and two things on that. First of all, has anybody checked? Like, did did somebody go and get them, or are they <laughs> still floating around out there? We should check on that. It, it, then the other thing, though, is yeah, like did, like the the Imagine Dragons thing. I complained a little bit about that just because it it was like eight fifteen at you're supposed to have an eight o'clock start time, and they were just starting their show, and I was kind of like, oh whatever. But at least I get like. All right, you're doing a show in the arena, but like this year especially, it seems to be this thing where it's like, yeah. And now we have special musical guests, and you're like, oh yeah, I've heard of them, and they're like, they're nine blocks away, and let's just. <laughs> it's like okay, so you're just telling me there's a concert somewhere in the city. Like I don't, you don't need to interrupt your coverage of this sporting event just to let me know that yeah, some band weird. is playing somewhere in the same area code. Like if they're not down there on the like in the in the building, I don't really care. Oh, yeah. You know, no no offense to Little John. I mean, I did enjoy his many performances at, you know, wherever stage they dropped him off at, but... I just don't get who it's for. Like, if you're... Like, say, you're, say the Leafs get to the cup final next year, and then, like, you know, pick a band, and they're playing, like, seven blocks from the Air Canada Center. Like, like do you care? Like, are you just... No, you're just watching like the that's... game, or you're going to the game? Like, why would you... Uh, honey, do you want to go to the game? No. Uh, you want to watch on TV? Eh, no. not really. No, we can't. The bare naked ladies are yeah. playing at Massey Hall. We got to get down there. But are we, are we going to miss the first period because the game, well, I think the concert yeah. ends before the oh, game. Man. No, let's go, let's go down to the CNE. I hear Snow is doing a set. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a Nickelback five for fighting concert going on. That's, that's right, <laughs> right outside of real sports. It's going to be great. Don't, don't put Nickelback on us now. Hey. Hey, Nickelback is Canadian. Imagine Dragons. You know it. I know it. We have to. We, we have to. We have our crosses to bear, and we have to accept yeah, it. Um, right. We are the, the, just real quick before we before we cut the the cup handoff. What are your thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of a lot of people are are into this rating the the handoffs and and how they slot in. I thought it was well done. First of all, thumbs up to the Vegas fans for booing Gary Bettman. Did the right thing a little bit. Yep. Did the right thing. 
like I say, when you're, I, I understand the argument that they didn't need to, but when you're new somewhere, sometimes it, it can be nice to look around and, and kind of carry on the, the customs. And it was nice to see them do that for, for hockey fans. And, you know, even though he had like his, I love how people are like acting as if he just improved his little joke. I, I know. They're like, it was just off the cuff. They're like, wow, he's pretty witty. Like he didn't have like some guy didn't get paid $80,000 just to write that one joke. <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> Send him out there with it. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I thought it was, it was a good handoff. Ovechkin uh, uh, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, there were, um, even, even, there were like Batman handoff truthers like, that were saying that Backstrom couldn't hold the cup because of his wrist. So like Ovi kind of held it for him a little bit there. But I thought Backstrom right. held it fine. Um, it was good. Like it was, I like, because this was kind of one of the first times there really wasn't that obvious like first handoff guy. Because Ovechkin was that guy on this team. So. Oh, no, it was Backstrom for sure. That was I didn't think that was ever up for debate because he's been there. No, but it, like I'm saying, like there wasn't like some 35 year old like in his last game where you're like, you yeah, I got the cup. Like there wasn't like the chemo team and type guy, so they could they could just kind of give it to a teammate and you know some another star player on the team who'd been there for a while, which I I liked. So yeah, solid solid handoff, good work all around. Fans, Bettman, Ovechkin. Everybody, I thought they they pretty much nailed it. Yeah, and there were naked boobs too. I, I'm sure you saw that up in Canada as well. I that did. Was, yeah, that was, that was. I mean, I'm not saying that was the best part of the handoff, but top, top, top two, top three. All right, it was the best part of the handoff. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't care about Nicholas Backstrom. It was, it was, it was just so funny. Like we I talked about this already on the other podcast, but just the fact that like. Like, it was weird because, like, I was watching that. Like, I wasn't, like, looking away or, like, writing or distracted. Like, I was still watching the whole cup thing, and I completely missed the boobs on the first pass. But the reason why I noticed the boobs was because all the players peeled off. And, I <laughs> and like, without even seeing what they were looking at, I knew exactly what they I know that I know that look. <laughs> I know that move. They're pointing. They're, like, clapping at the boobs. Like, it was just such a guy moment, man. It was just it was so freaking hilarious. Like, you know, Ovechkin, that's how, yeah. you, that's how you know Ovechkin was focused. He was just like, nope, cup. Exactly. This is my laser focus. There you go. This is uh, you couldn't couldn't ask anything more than that. Ah, good season. All right, we're halfway through. We've 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 wrapped up. We've we've celebrated the caps at Ovechkin and and um, naked boobs there at the end. Just want to make sure we 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 get it. We get everyone involved, and then uh, we'll come back and we will become the off season biscuits. We will we will look at potential trades, signings, hirings, all that sort of stuff, and we will finally get to the Sedines because man. We have been we have been pushing this off and, and honing it and and getting it to where we want it to be and it's finally there. So, yeah, we're we're late on that, but we're gonna get to it because the off season's almost here for us too. So we need to do it right away. So stick around and we'll do more of the biscuits thing right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're back. Uh, Sean and I were just discussing classiness during the uh, commercial break because apparently people thought the uh, woman who, who who did flash wasn't classy. And, you know, she's not a classy. Stay classy. Stay classy. Stay classy, people who still quote movies really? from 14 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of, or a plexiglass case of emotion. Get it? Because ah. it's from the movie too, and there's plexiglass. <laughs> plexiglass. That escalated quickly. <laughs> he right. punted Baxter. All right, sorry. Um, the off season is here. All you, all you fans of teams that have not been listening to the podcast because it's too painful to listen to us talk about playoff teams while your team is home, being sad. So basically, all the Senators people that were part of the Senators podcast for the first, you know, 25 weeks of the season, welcome back. This is your time. This is your time to shine because, boy, I, I I get the sense we could have 
maybe an offer sheet this summer. We're going to have some trades. I think we're going to have some big trades. Even going back to the, the, the Vegas Stanley Cup thing, like if you're a Vegas fan and you're sad and you're like, boy, what if we this is as close as we get for 20 years? Like that's possible. Like you may be watching the Stanley Cup final in 2036 and they're going to show like old footage of like James Neal hitting the post and you're going to be like, oh, I remember that. And that might be your first trip back in 20 years. But let's say Vegas goes out and gets Eric Carlson. You're like, hey, what's up, man? Maybe instead of Derek England playing 22 minutes, we have <laughs> Eric Carlson playing 27. Maybe that's the difference. So I'm I'm be. I'm pretty excited about the idea of Eric Carlson. He has to get traded, right? Like they have to do well, it in the summer, don't they? I think so. I well, I mean, they don't have to because we would have said probably the same thing about Matt Duchesne last year, and that dragged on in the season. I mean, if you don't get the offer, I mean, I guess you. But I I don't see how it gets better in the season. Like I don't see when you're dealing with you know a big cap hit and and all of that. I don't see how that gets better in November than it is right now and i don't see necessarily how it gets better at the deadline because if people are are not making the offer now i mean if 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 it wasn't their last deadline why would next year's deadline be any different the the thing that's interesting with vegas is you know and then people got to remember like bobby ryan said that he thought i think he's well he said that him and carlson thought they were traded right i don't think he said where but if I remember right, like he mentioned, like it was out west or something, and it was pretty easy to put the pieces together and realize that Vegas was the only team that could make it happen. So it certainly sounds like Vegas was this close to getting Eric Carlson. But the the thing is, the reason they were the main, the 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 one of the main contenders and maybe the main contender for Eric Carlson was because they could also take Bobby Ryan. And then they went and they made that Thomas Tadar deal, which is yeah, like such a terrible trade not just i mean forget that you gave up multiple picks for a guy that couldn't even be in your lineup in the playoffs and didn't do anything when he was there but you like you just ate up like your first you just took your first bad contract and bobby ryan was supposed to be like he was supposed to be the guy where you're like we don't have any bad contracts so we can take one and get a generational star in the process so i man that trade by gm unanimous gm of the year george mcphee (laughs) might be the worst trade of the year because this league makes no sense. Well, even if they maybe they don't get Carlson, but I mean, then there's John Carlson. They get, they've got they've got room. They've yeah. got the cap room. So much, especially depending on. I mean, they they have to sign William Carlson, but they've also they've got David Perron and James Neal, who are UFAs that they don't necessarily have to bring back. Especially David Perron after like the way the the playoffs kind of closed out. Uh they're gonna have room. And it's tax-free down there, I believe. Great place to live. Lots of fun. And apparently a good team. So that could be your free agent destination. I mean, I if I was a free agent, I'd at least want my agent on the phone to those guys. So that could be interesting to see. I'd be calling them myself. I'd just be like, hey, what's up? Me again. Just uh, want to remind you. <laughs> uh, I'm... I'm I can't say certain words because I think that's tampering, but I would love to have you gamble with me and bet on <laughs> us to be doubled down on. I'm yes. just, I don't know, just, just please trade for me, please sign just, me. If 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 we happen to hit the roulette table, my lucky numbers are seven <laughs> and six point two five million. So let's. But let's bet on those. It, it, it is going to be fascinating when Vegas gets somebody. They land some big name star, either through trade or free agency. And then next year, when they like revert to being the 500 team, we're all expecting them to be that player gets criticized for like. And you you know it's going to turn into this whole discussion about like the value of chemistry and upsetting the room. And mm-hmm. you know by bringing in John Tavares, they upset the dynamic and. Uh, you know, that's what caused and not just that, like, you know, their Mark Andre Fleury was a nine ten goalie that season or, or whatever else. But speaking of star defensemen who are one year away from free agency, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson apparently reportedly, uh, has a verbal deal. Is that the, I guess the way we have to phrase it because he can't sign until July one, but apparently he's staying in Arizona. Darren Drager reports eight years, eight million a year. So, 
I remember when they signed Alex Goligoski, and instantly I was like, why? For both teams, both sides, just why? Why would Arizona shell out all these years and all these dollars for a, you know, borderline top pairing guy, probably a second pairing guy? And why would Alex Goligoski, who's probably the most coveted free agent defenseman that year, why would he go to Arizona? Why would he, like, light? It's his last big contract, and he's going to go spend it in, in a team that's just not good. And that's kind of how I feel about Oliver Ekman Larson. Like he's been there forever. Like he he sees the writing on the wall, right? But Vegas has like screwed up my perspective on everything now because instantly my first thought was, why wouldn't Ekman Larson just play it out? And why would Arizona, you know, maybe not see what they can get for him? Because if he's that valuable, maybe they can get some stuff that can, you know, become part of their core for the future because maybe they're not ready right now. But if Vegas can just show up and become a Stanley Cup finalist, why can't a team that already has Ackman Larson and Auntie Ranta and they they have players, they have guys? It's not like they're, they're like if you look at their roster going into last year, you wouldn't say it was worse than Vegas's, right? You'd be like, oh no. well, they're right about the same thing. So it's like I don't even know how to judge stuff anymore, like because to me it just like I get the the money part of it's fine, but yeah. like why would why would Ekman Larson not like pull a Stamkos or a Tavares and just let it play out during? The, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, it, it, I don't get it either other than you know if that's where he's comfortable and that's what it is you know, he feels like yeah. he's been treated well there and it's I'm, I'm sure it's a very nice place to live and all of that but yeah eight years eight million i guess that's i guess it's reasonable i don't know i've, I've always been kind of a oliver eichmann larson skeptic just that you know this is a guy he's, he's been in the league for what seven seven eight years never been a top five norris guy and yet get spoken of as if he's like one of the very elite defensemen in the league. And I feel like maybe, maybe he's not, maybe he's a tier below. Uh, and I don't know if this is a case, you know, cause when I say, you know, he's, he's never been high in the Norris voting. The counter to that obviously is he, yeah, well, yeah, because nobody watches Arizona. So uh, he doesn't get, you know, if he was in New York or Toronto or Montreal, he would be because he'd, he'd get more attention. And maybe that's true, but on the flip side, like maybe it's, the other way, maybe we just are all like, oh, you know, we got to, there's got to be one player in Arizona that we all write about. So we'll, we'll make it this guy. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's, he's going to get, he's getting paid star money, but you know what? Once, once Carlson and Doughty reset the market, I, I maybe that 8 million won't seem that unreasonable for a legit top pairing guy. And he's, he's, I think he's 27. So eight years, I mean, the last couple of years of that might might hurt a bit, but I guess it's not it's not awful. Well, who would you rather who would you rather have? Would you rather have Ekman Larson or John Carlson? I don't I don't even know if I have the answer to that question because yeah, think- that's that's the thing because like you know Carlson was someone I I was you know a couple of weeks ago I was kind of a little bit higher on, and then as I've been reading up, I've been seeing that uh, right. you know, there there seem to be some doubters out there. I don't know. I mean, I, I Ekman Larson is probably Ekman Larson has been at this level for longer so you know i might i might go him and but carlson is probably going to get wouldn't surprise me if he got more like i don't think he should get more they should probably get about the same but if i'm like i don't ever really endorse the hometown discount like if you're an athlete like you know what like like the Connor mcdavid like throwing back a million bucks for you know team or whatever just you have such a small window to earn all this money, man. Like you don't want to end up like Dennis Rodman on CNN trying to sell potcoin.org or whatever because you you spent all your money as a player. Like get all the money that you can. Like like hold out, you know, extract every dollar, you know, do, do the local car ad for for you know, Ontario Nissan or whatever. Like I'm I am all for it, man. You got to be like Bernie Mac and Mr. 3000. Like you need to sell and market everything because your your window to make this kind of money is so small. But I could probably understand John Carlson taking a little less to stay in Washington because like he's probably never going to live up to a contract where he's playing for a team that isn't as loaded up front as the Caps like yeah, Ovechkin getting back from He did a lot older, of damage but... on the power play. Yeah, exactly. So I I just, you know, if he if he gets a, an an enormous offer from some other team like okay, fine, but I could see maybe the, the value in playing out the rest of your career being a cap for life and all that sort of stuff because you won the cup there it's like the, it's like, like 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 he's like the the defenseman version of Barry Trotz where yeah Barry Trotz could probably get a ton of money from the Islanders or some other team that needs a coach but you know what why not just you know like the like that that remember that 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 
that festival thing where the guys were like, let's just do it and be legends. Like that's what, yeah. that's what Carlson and Trot should do. Just stay in the, stay in Washington and just be <laughs> yeah. legends, man. Cause it worked out so well for the festival, right? Like <laughs> the fire festival. That's what it was. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you got to do. That's your goal. The, the one, the, the interesting thing, or one of the interesting things about Oliver Eck Larson signing or, or agreeing to a deal. Cause again, he can't sign till July 1st, but I think this is, this is, I'm glad this story broke because one thing that drives me crazy is, you know, especially around this time of year, but even, you know, in the whole off season, which for some teams has been going on since April, you know, you hear stuff where you're like, well, you know, what about Eric Carlson? What about Drew Doughty? How come these guys, you know, any, any word on progress towards a contract? And you'll hear people say, well, no, they can't talk until July 1st. And that's not true. You can talk whenever you want. You can't sign anything. You can't put anything you know, make, formalize it and file it with the league until July 1st. But teams can talk and, you know, teams th- to their own players and they can come to these sorts of deals. And so when you hear, you know, for example, that Eric Carlson, you're, you're kind of like, we haven't heard anything about any kind of progress or even any conversations. Now, maybe that's because they're just keeping it quiet and that would be the right way to handle it and that would be good. But, you know, you, you kind of like, I know up here in Ottawa, I talked to some sense fans. I'm like, are you nervous at all that we're, two weeks away from July 1 and we haven't, you know, there hasn't been any talk or any rumors and, and they're like, Oh no, no, they're not allowed. They're not allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they are allowed. They've always been allowed. It's just that, you know, and, and you're not going to come to a verbal agreement in January when there's half the season left and you can get hurt or get hot or whatever else. But you know, once the off season's there, there's nothing stopping you from figuring out, you know, getting at least 99% of the way there. And then you, you know, dot the I's in on July 1st. So um, you know, Carlson and Dowdy, by the way, there are too many players in this league named Carlson, <laughs> especially in this off season. Like we're going to need some nicknames or something. I don't know. It doesn't, uh, there's, I, I can't, I can't handle three guys named Carlson all being like the major, major names to watch on different teams for signing new contracts. But, uh, yeah, that's there. We're, we're going to see, it'll be interesting to see whether Doughty or Carlson goes first. Like, I'm assuming it's Doughty because I'm assuming he's going to stay in L.A. and get something done pretty quick. But, uh, yeah, one one will kind of set the bar, and then the other one will maybe go past it. Well, speaking of elite, highly paid uh, UFAs um, getting a lot of money, uh, Milan Lucic apparently is um, on the on the trade block, and he makes, I forgot to look at seven, seven million. That's his number, right? Seven million bucks. I think it's bucks? six, I think he's six, five. Six, five. That's, that's a lot or of money. Maybe even just six on there, but it's a lot and it's too much. And that was a terrible deal. That, that was another one of those where don't let people tell you like, oh yeah, well now in hindsight, it was a mistake. Now everybody at the time that was signed. We all knew. Felt like this was going to be, this was going to be one of those deals that better pay off early because it would look really, really ugly the second half of the deal. And I mean, it's, it's ended up being even worse than that. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's two seasons in and coming off a year where he scored, what did he like have like 10 goals, like one goal in the second half of the season. Um, but the, the, somebody pointed this out and, and this was kind of interesting. The, the one thing about his deal is like a lot of deals, it was front loaded. So he made more money in the first two years than he makes for the rest of the deal and the salary kind of drops and he's got a big signing bonus due on july 1st so if they wait it till after july 1st to do a deal and the oilers ate that signing bonus he's got like five years left on his deal and it's only about 20 million and change in actual money left so the cap hit is still six million so if you're one of the 15 to 20 teams in the league that spends to the cap it's it's a no-go because you're not you don't want that sort of hit but if you're right. one of the teams that's more that's below the cap and you're more worried about actual dollars out the door than cap you know four million in a bit for milan lucic is that in the ballpark that you consider maybe not even at that number today but now if you you know if the oilers eat some salary or take back a contract like i think this is more doable than than people think like i think people are looking at this like it's completely immovable i'm not completely sure that it is with the caveat that he's got a no movement clause so i mean if they turn around and say we're gonna give you the send you to like carolina or arizona or something and he said no then that that limits their options future ottawa senator milan lucic but i agree because 
it, it's Put him a, on a line with Alex Burrows and just have him plot plot around for 14 minutes just, a night. And you're ready to win the 2011 Stanley Cup right there. <laughs> but yeah, I agree because it's apples and oranges for sure. But I remember when uh, Phil Kessel in Toronto, people were like, "Can't trade that contract." Blah blah blah. Like obviously Phil Kessel was good and productive and all that sort of stuff. But there was like that whole he's not a winner, can't win with Phil Kessel, bad defensively. He hadn't won a cup yet and all that sort of stuff. And Milan Lucic obviously looks completely done. But this is the NHL where all you need is one GM out of the 30 to want the big, heavy, physical, stick-up-for-your-teammate, protector guy who won a cup and all that stuff. dressing room and just his presence will change the – which was all the stuff he was supposed to do in Edmonton. And now everyone there in Edmonton is just kind of – many of the same people who thought it was a good deal in Edmonton because that was pretty much the only place where anyone liked that signing are now kind of realizing that it's not working. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't doubt for a second that somebody out there will be able to talk themselves into it. And I think, I mean, if you're the Oilers, if you pay that signing bonus, if you're willing to eat half the deal, which maybe you're not because, you know, you, you want to clear cap space and that, that would be $3 million on your cap. But if, I mean, if, just theoretically, if they had half the deal, now you're talking $2 million and change for Milan Lucic. Like, now that's an asset. Like, teams will give something up to get that. So I think it's doable. I think they can make it work. Uh, before we get to the uh, the reader mail, uh, one other thing, Kovalchuk, who I, I thought like eight years ago was rumored to be going to the Rangers already. Like, that was like a done deal. And then suddenly it became not a done deal. So I, I don't know. I just, I feel like they probably have something worked out. And they're just like, hey, let's not talk about it publicly. Let's just, let's just wait till July 1st. Yeah, but, but he's but he's visiting teams. That's the thing. Like he's he was he's in California. I guess he visited the Kings and the Sharks reportedly. So I mean, if if they've got a deal, he's kind of eh, he's going a good you, good lengths to disguise it, or maybe he's just getting a free trip to California. Dude, I, it's so funny you say that because I remember um, like way back in the day, it was it was um, Kovalchuk's first full season in Jersey because he was a trade deadline guy, and then he came back and resigned. And the NHL sent me out to cover a Devils-Kings and Devils-Ducks game back-to-back. I think one of those games was the game Parisi got hurt or something. I don't know. It's all melded together. But at the morning skate, Terry Murray was still the Kings coach back then. And, you know, him, like, Kovalchuk was rumored to be close to signing with the Kings. And then he came back to Jersey, and they had the whole illegal contract and circumvention and stuff. But I remember just asking, you know, what it was like to, to – meet with Kovalchuk and all that sort of stuff and like did you did you think he was you know gonna sign were you surprised that he didn't and, he, and Terry Murray said something along the lines of I'm pretty sure he just came out here because he wanted me to buy him a free cup of coffee to be perfectly honest he was like <laughs> I was like really he's like for five bucks he's like yeah those, those Starbucks co- coffees are expensive so yeah I think he might have just wanted to get a free coffee out of me so I don't know if he's necessarily really dying to be in LA now if he wasn't really dying to be in LA back when they were you know a, a burgeoning cup team so, yeah. I don't know. I just hope he comes back because it's going to be really interesting yes. to see. You know, he's put up good numbers in the KHL, but he's, I mean, how old is he? Like 35, 30? He's 35-ish, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 35-ish, give or take. So, I mean, he's at that age where, you know, you're not expecting him to come in and have, you know, five great years left. But, you know, as far as what he can do, yeah, I mean, he he, in theory, should be decent. But at the same time, he's on one of those, like, loaded KHL teams where you're kind of like, is that really, do the numbers necessarily tell you how he's playing or is he just playing on a, you know, borderline all-star team and, and racking up points that way? I don't know. I, I want to find out. I, I'd like to see him. I, I don't know. I want that you necessarily want your team to, to be the one to sign him, especially if it's a big number, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in the league because he was a fun guy to watch. Yeah. Oh, uh, Bowsman of Detroit possibly as an assistant, just coaching, waiting, just hanging out. Yeah, that was just Craig Hustons yeah. tweeted that out that that uh, Dan Bowsman might be talking to Detroit about joining uh, as an assistant coach, which that's that can't be Jeff Blazell's idea. There's there's no way that he <laughs> when uh, on on the thin ice that he's on when they, that you want to bring in an experienced Stanley Cup winning ready to take over on a moment's notice former NHL head coach as your assistant. Like that's, yeah, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. It's like, it's a good ever... move for Detroit, but it's not a good sign for, yeah. You know what Jeff. it's like? It's like if, if you're in a Rocky marriage and then your wife is like, Hey, I got an idea. How about, how about we let the pool boy live in the <laughs> Pretty house? Pretty much. 
and you're just like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I think he would be really good because he's he's he's, he's the pool needs maintaining, and why why have him drive out here every day? Because you know you can just live in the house with us, and you're just do like, not. I don't really have a say in this, do I? And she's like, no, you don't. Pool boy's living here. Yeah. <laughs> Ken Holland's like massaging him, like in the in the locker room. Like, really? What are you doing? What, yeah, what about, what's going on here? Yeah, he's just he's just sore from working on the pool. That's it. Like, stop stop thinking I'm trying to replace you. <laughs> uh, Kelly. So Kelly has a question. Kelly, reader Kelly. Uh, we kind of talked about this, but we can we can we can get into it a little oh. bit here. With the news of OEL signing in Arizona, can you please explain what exactly is wrong with hockey players? Why don't they ever leave terrible situations? And it's like we were kind of saying is just, I just think they get comfortable in places. Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the trick of the CBA is they control you for like seven, eight years. And it's like, you're like, um, you're like Red or Brooks in, uh, in Shawshank, you become institutionalized and like, you don't really want to go anywhere else because you become so accustomed to your surroundings, even if they're terrible, like say for instance, a hockey prison like Arizona. And that's just kind of what happens. I think, <laughs> uh, Phil gas, that's a good name. Phil gas. What is your, what is better in your opinion? NHL parody where any team can win the cup in a year or NBA super teams where the finals are the same every year, but always contain the top players. Yep. Ooh. And, you know, the other thing is, like, not everybody in this league has winning a Stanley Cup as their number one priority. Like, there are people out there who are like, look, I, this is my job. I want to make good money. I want to live in a nice place, be treated well, be happy, have my family be happy. And, you know, if, if Arizona might check all those boxes for him, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I've stayed in jobs that weren't great jobs, but where I was comfortable when you know rather than kind of close my eyes and take a leap and go do something else where uh you know it could potentially be a better situation you never know there there have been players who have left in free agency and you know they're they're looking back going oh i shouldn't have done that you know like milan lucic somebody was tweeted around like an interview that he did where he was like yeah like i had a lot more fun in boston and la and you know it was a better place for me to live and you know now he's in edmonton thought he was going for a chance to win and look how that worked out. So, but you know, maybe that's maybe we, you know, Vacman Larsman goes somewhere, gets gets a little more money, goes signs with the you know Blackhawks or whoever we think is ready to to go back and contend. And then you know Arizona turns into an upcoming team, and uh, you know he's stuck sitting there going, oh, you know, I don't like it here, and we're we're weighing him. But uh, you know, it could it can happen. So I don't know. Maybe Arizona is. I mean, they they always kind of seem like a clown show from the outside but maybe they're a really well-run organization on the inside and treat everyone well or at least they treat him well maybe he just likes rebuilds this is the somebody asked me this a couple days ago too and that like my answer and it's a cop-out but i feel like there has to be like a middle ground there's got to be uh you know between the nhl where it feels almost totally random versus the nba and i'm not a basketball fan so i you know, I don't appreciate just the sport on its own, like to, just for the sake of it. But I can't understand how you could get into an NBA season where at the beginning of the year, people are like, hey, it's going to be Warriors and Cavs. And then you get to the end. And I mean, there was there was some drama in the conference finals, but you get to the end and it's like, yeah, here's the same two teams. And then the one team that's better just rolls over the other team. I don't I don't see the appeal in that. Like, I feel like, you know, like the NFL feels a bit like the middle ground to me in that it's that you know the, there are certain teams that tend to be good most years and make the Super Bowl some but there's then there are also some surprises and it kind of all filters out in the playoffs but I yeah there's there's got to be a middle ground because I don't I, I don't get the appeal of the NBA system but I also don't want to just throw 16 names in a hat and pick one out every year yeah, I kind of feel the same way I might lean a little bit more towards see like like I'm an NBA fan. I'm the biggest NBA fan once the conference finals start because that's when I know that's like when you get like the the choice cut of all the games right. and all the players and that's great. But yeah, I can I can see how maybe like I'm not fatigued at all. Like I can watch the Warriors and Cavs play in the NBA finals every year until like Kevin Durant's 50 years old. Like I kind of sort of don't care. The games weren't as bad as I think people made them out to be too. Like they were all kind of close at least like late towards the third quarter. Maybe game 2 was a blowout, but 
in game four, I guess they gave up. And yeah. now that I think about it, maybe all the games were bad. But <laughs> but yeah, but like I like I've I've kind of come around a bit on your point too about how, you know, if if Vegas can do this, like does anything matter? Like you've kind of like you've you've kind of like like infiltrated yeah. like my my Death Star like defenses and found the hole. Yeah, and you've yeah. like you've like poked me right where I I like to be cyni- cyni- cynical 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 about stuff. And yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I I do I do prefer the the like like the NFL too. Like you're right, but like if it's the Patriots in the Super Bowl or the Conference Finals every year for like 16 years, like I don't know if mm-hmm. I necessarily want that. But the thing is, you know, as, even the Patriots like they haven't, you know, they're they're like the team that's always good, but they don't win the Super Bowl every year. And when they lose, it means something, right? Like when they if they lose in the conference final or even in the Super Bowl, you're like, yeah, they beat right. the Patriots. It's not just like, yeah, they beat the Lightning. It's like, wow, okay, were the Lightning good? Well, they missed the playoffs last year, but they were good the year. <laughs> I don't know. I, I the thing with the NBA, like I'm like as a Canadian, I don't really follow it, but as a Canadian, I'm you know like we've got the Raptors, and I remember talking to someone this year because the Raptors were really good, and I'm like, you know, are they? Like, what's going on? Like, is this a good team? And they're like, yeah, like they, they could win the Eastern Conference. They could be the number one seed. They could even they could even maybe get past LeBron. And I was like, wow, so like they could win it all? And they're like, oh, no, they won't beat the Warriors. And I was like, well, what's what's the point then? What are we doing here if you already know who's going to who's gonna win? But the, the, the flip side of that, because I've had people say to me, they're like, look at the NBA, four, same, same finals matchup, four straight years. Nobody wants that. And I'm like, dude, look at the TV ratings. They're... I know there are right. some people that want that. It's they're doing okay. Like I don't think, I don't think the NBA is uh, you know tearing their hair out looking at what the NHL has going, saying we need to recreate that because they're whatever hockey fans like you or me think they're they seem to be doing all right. And uh, let's do one more. Uh, Adam Brandt, how much is Ovi going to weigh on opening night next season? <laughs> <laughs> Over under two eighty. Yeah, he's he's going to be blown, but it'll be a lot of water weight, so he'll. Uh, uh, I, yeah, right. Light beers, light, light beers. It's good for you. What's the over under? Like, how many games does he have to go at the start of the season without scoring before we get like oh, an God. earnest take about how like Sidney Cros- you know, Sidney Crosby won the Stanley Cup. He had one spoonful of plain yogurt and went to bed <laughs> and prepared for next season. And this is you know, Alexander Ovechkin, not a true winner. And you know why it's going to be it. bad too is because he scored like ten goals in like five games to start this season. Right. So people are going to like compare last season to this season, and it's going to be like, well, he had three goals against Carey Price on opening night. He hasn't had three goals yet this season. <laughs> I'm just looking uh. forward to everyone. Like every year, at, we all joke at training camp. It's like everybody shows up. And they're like, he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, this guy's <laughs> in the best shape of his life. Here's another. It's like Ovechkin's going to show up, and they'll be like, he's oh. He's like working from home, Homer Simpson. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, he's, he's in a muumu. <laughs> he's gonna show up in a muumu and a shower cap, and just he'll still score forty. Yeah, he'll be fine. <sighs> well, folks, that was yet another edition of the biscuits and the colon and the hockey podcast. Uh, read our stuff. Uh, I got some Ovechkin Crosby jokes that I think might be up by the time you read this. I'm not sure when we're gonna schedule the post because of the parade. Oh yeah, the parades today. In case you're listening and you're like, wait, they didn't talk about the parade. Well, we kind of recorded like right before the parade started. So um, just we'll, we'll, we can pretend right now we saw it like, wow, I can't believe Ovechkin wow. puked in the cup. I believe that guy, um, that guy swore into the microphone. That's crazy. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, boy, John Carlson dancing. I can't believe what a bad dancer he is. Um, boy, the uh, that yeah. that one fan climbed the pole and then took his Braden, pants off. Braden like, Holby crazy. came out and just stared at everyone in a way that felt kind of <laughs> creepy and unnerving. <laughs> Brooks Brooks Warpick just kept knocking over people in the crowd and really wasn't doing anything effective in the parade, but he's he was he was there, so he's he's part of it. Um Justin Williams yeah. showing up and trying to get in and I take it back. <laughs> Carl Carl Osner's like in the parade, like waving, like he's got he's holding up he's holding up the juke he's holding up the stereo like John Kesack, like yeah. please take me back. I miss you guys so much. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 gonna be it for us. Uh, don't forget to pre-order Sean's book. Is it, are are we right. we're still in the pre-order phase? Oh yeah, right? we're gonna be pre-ordering for for months. So pre I mean, if you if you've already pre-ordered, uh, you, you might want to do it again just to make sure. Yeah. Double check that you know you don't Re- you wouldn't want to be left order. out. Yeah. Just go in pre-order pre-order a bunch. Then we, then you can open your own bookstore in October. Right. It's like a like, local I, I, small business you, thing. I don't think we can endorse reselling the books at higher values, but I mean, you know, if you bought a hundred of them, like you don't care what happens to them at that point, right? Yeah, like, then they're sold out, then they're collector's items. 
and the value goes I mean, up. Wow, man. I don't know. I'm, I may not know anything about how business works, but <laughs> I encourage you to support your local small booksellers by becoming one. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right. Buy the book, read the content, read the podcast, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.